Hello, dear. This is Anne Ajadi with Dear Anne, and this is the Walk With Me series. Welcome to October. Congratulations, my dear friend. You made it to the last quarter of the year. It is not a small thing. What with what our world has been having to go through. As we enter into this new month, I struggled with what name to call the new series. A side of me called it, okay, Prison Diaries. Oh no, um, walking through the dark, walking in the unlikely, all kinds of things. But what I have, um, what I ended up deciding is that I'm just going to go on with it and you can give it the title that you want. At the end of the day, what I want you to see is God is still the Lord over everything. I will go through the month of October reading excerpts from my book or any of my books and this month I will start from re- I will start reading from the book God's Lady in Waiting. God's Lady in Waiting looks at the story of Esther in the Bible. The way I saw it. I and I will tell you how this came to be. It was during the lockdown and all kinds of things. There were many questions. I didn't even know what was going on. I had had revelations of the, some darkness that was looming and it was going to be worldwide. I didn't know what to make of it. Everywhere I turned, people also had questions. Nobody was really preferring answers. And so I, it, it drove me to pray a lot because we were all locked down. Nobody was going anywhere and all of that. And by now, I'm sure you remember that I have a very active mind. I'm always asking questions. And one of those days, I was actually in the bath. As I was stepping out of the bath, I heard, but you know, I don't have a lot of girls speaking for me. I was like, what do you mean by that? They ignored me and said, would you speak for me? I was like, but I've been doing that all along. He said, no, answer the question. Would you speak for me? Um, it would be nice if I said I answered an emphatic yes. No, I dragged it a bit. And long story short, the title of this book came to me. All the chapters came to me that morning. And that is what gave rise to the book, God's Lady in Waiting. And as my gift to you, I have chosen to read the book to you from chapter to chapter. And I will stop as I go along to talk about what led to the words that I penned down, how my, the things that I received, how my mind was working throughout that time. So, um, so that I don't keep talking and you wonder, when are you going to read the book? So, chapter one, titled, The Dark Uncertain Times, Walking from Grass to Grace.
Esther, born Adasa, Abihal, a Jewish orphan girl, was raised by her cousin Mordecai, who at the time of the story lived in the city of Susa in the land of Persia. She was of the stock that stayed behind in Persia, her king and returned to Jerusalem after King Cyrus decreed that every Jew was free to return to their native land. The Jews were taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, in the year 597 BC, and Babylon was later taken over by Persia in the year 539 BCE under King Cyrus. Bible story has it that God warned the Jews about straying away from the worship of the true God, and if they did not keep his commandments, they got taken into exile. They served as slaves, forced to do hard labor until they realized their sins and changed their ways. Despite the warning, they chose to do their own thing, and consequently, God let them be taken captive by their enemies. They were in exile for 70 years. In time, Babylon was taken over by the Persian Empire with the exiled Jews as part of their spoil. They remained as captives until the stipulated time prescribed by God was accomplished. Under King Cyrus, that time came and he set a decree and the Jews were free to return to the land of Israel. Many of them under the leadership of Ezra returned to Jerusalem, but a lot of them chose to remain in Persia. Their story is very much like we see in our world today. Ours may not be a real war situation, but their walls all the same. Man's disregard for God and his ways always end up creating untoward consequences, some of which can be there. Some circumstances of life can put a man in desperate need of life's necessities or at the mercy of others for sustenance. The hardship that attends the erring generation's ways is bound to result in a yearning for better circumstances for the present and future generations. The average family who found a need to go in search of greener pastures in foreign lands did so because they believed that life would deal them a better hand in the new nation, something better than what they experienced in their own homeland. Take TJ's father, for instance. He left the shores of his motherland in the wake of the Nigerian Civil War. He was just 20. His father advised that he go just so there would be someone in the lineage who could carry on the legacy should the world take their lives. His migration took him to North America. He landed there not knowing what life would bring, just hoping that things would be better in the new land. Nothing was certain, save the prospect of an education. He got a scholarship to study educational management at the University of Toronto. Other than that, his life was in the hands of fate. His intellect made room for him as he was one of the brightest students in the class. He also leveraged on the school's need for some diversity to bring in some of his cultural heritage. From the information he provided, he was able to make some change here and there. Just something little to keep body and soul together. By the time he was through with his college education, the war at home had subsided and he could send for his girlfriend. They started a family and from then, from them grew the Thompson family, North American Charter. By 1970, the war ceased and TJ longed for home. He knew it would take some years before things would be back to normal, but he wanted to be part of the process. 
He returned in 1973 and left his wife and children behind. The children knew they were born Nigerian, but for them, Canada was the only home they knew. They embraced the culture, were comfortable with the lifestyle of the people. Only their parents knew the difference. In time, the matriarch was missing her husband and the children had grown and could hold their own. She decided to join her husband in Nigeria. If one lived in a foreign land and raised their family therein, the children made no little or nothing about their homeland. No matter what the parents chose to teach at home, the children still had to live and interact with other children in their land of migration, sometimes even having to submit to the new culture and traditions. Places like school, church, games, clubs, and things like music, language were bound to affect the reasoning of the children, what they imbibed and patterned their lives after. Seeing that life matters can get complicated at times, we can empathize with the children of Israel who chose to remain with the life they were familiar with. Life in Persia was far from easy. What with the strange gods and the people's unusual ways? Could it be that the Jews who chose to remain adjusted to a bad thing? The perils of moving from Persia and settling back home may not have been attractive to those who stayed back. Some of the Israelites in Persia had never been in Israel. All they knew about home were old folk stories. To conclude, the ones who chose to remain were doing so in disobedience. To conclude that the ones who chose to remain were doing so in disobedience could be considered insensitive. The younger generation did not know any other life. To uproot them would mean learning new ways of living and missing their friends. True, they were covenant trees. God had chosen them as his firstborn and had separated them unto himself. To some of them, those assertions were mere stories or at best something to explore. My dear friend, let us stop there today. Tomorrow we'll continue to look at these stories. I promise you they will get interesting as we go along. We will draw some life inferences from them. We will draw our lessons from there. Because what I have found out in life is that there is nothing new. What has been is and will forever be. Join me again tomorrow as we explore walking in the footsteps of Jesus. This is Anne Ajadi. God bless you. Have a good, good day.